Previously on the Tony Kornheiser show. Kyler Murray, he's like, you may you you may think that Lamar Jackson is the MVP. You may think that Tom Brady is the MVP. You may think that Josh Allen is the MVP, or you may think that right now Kyler Murray is the MVP. Those four guys seem to be a little bit separated from many of the others. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville won its first game, but won it in London, uh, prompting me to actually ask, who cares? Who cares? This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So normally during the Open, I would regale you with stories of some sort. We're not going to do that today. I will tell you, Michael is back. The Murray team finished third. Out Strong of finish, yes. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. And you had a kid in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Keaton got all, all conference honors again. That's good. That's good. Nigel is here. But we're going to not do the normal Open because Jeff Passan joins us right now to talk about the baseball games last night. I don't want to say that it was uh, a tectonic shift last night, but maybe it was. The Dodgers were about to go out. They were down by three runs late in the game. They were going to go down 3-0, and then they were going to lose that series. Cody Bellinger hit a ball above his eyes and hit it out, and they won that game. Houston was about to go out. They were going to be swept in Boston. They were going to lose the series in five. Uh, They were down 2-1 for much of the game, and then by the end of the game, they had a home run from Altuve, in the eighth inning, and then somehow got seven runs in the ninth inning, and Boston took a good start to Evaldi, and he was in that game at that point. So, Jeff, I you take him in any order you want. Did it feel? It felt to me like last night was almost seismic. Now it doesn't have to be because we have you know game four in one series and game five in another, but it felt big last night to me. How about to you? I would say the level of seismic activity to steal a baseball cliche is only as big as your next day's starter. But since starting starting pitching doesn't exist anymore in Major League Baseball, uh, I don't know what the hell this means. Uh, Aside from the fact that the Los Angeles Dodgers, who from the beginning of the season I thought are going to be the champions in 2021, Really did, I think, save their season. I mean, we yeah. listen. We've we've seen in baseball come back from down three nothing. Um, it's happened once, and the likelihood, even if the Dodgers are a more talented team than Atlanta, even if they are a better team than Atlanta, uh, it's baseball, and you can lose series to inferior teams. Um, oddly enough, the, the more shocking one to me for, for a number of reasons was the Astros. Sure. Uh, it just, it just felt like they were dead. You know, they've, they've had a lot of pitching problems in this series. They haven't had a starting pitcher get to the third inning and we're in game four at this point. And so the fact that Boston has been able to chase the Astros starters uh, with the rapidity that they have and that the series is now tied at two games apiece. Um, it, it shows fortitude from the Astros. Um, and, and last night it just showed an inability to kill from the Red Sox. They had chance after chance after chance in that game. They blew it. They got hosed on a strike three call uh, in that ninth inning 
uh, a strike three call that I ended up writing about and that people in Boston are going to remember for a very long time if the Red Sox don't win this series. Uh, and then the Astros just poured it on in a way that we, we frankly haven't seen them do it all this series. So I just want to underline something. The Astros starting four, at least a couple of years ago, was this. They had Verlander, they had yep. Granke, they had Morton, they had McCullers. They yep. got none of those pitchers right now except Granke, and Granke didn't last last night. And Granke in the last month has pitched only 12 and a third innings and had given up five home runs to this point. Verlander has more wins than any active pitcher in baseball. Granke is second. Charlie Morton can pitch, as you saw last night. And McCullers, is, he's on the DL right now. So honestly, Jeff, they got squat for, for starters. They got nothing. I don't, yeah. I don't know how they win at all because they got nothing. They've got Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, who, who came out with an injury, um, Granke, who stinks. He and, does. And, I mean, he's just like you look at Granky, and he's eaten a bunch of innings this year. And and listen, that's that's valuable these days. But really, how valuable is it? Um, and and they're they're trying to piece this thing together. And and Jose Urquidy just got absolutely bombed as well in Game Three. I I was actually. Uh, uh, let me let me ask you. Let's let's take you back to your uh, to your sports writing days. Yeah. And, and by the way, and by the way, I, I have to say I am very glad that you uh, did the podcast with Pablo, even if you didn't oh, want to. Didn't I've been, want to, I've, been yeah. I've been I've been listening to it on my walk back to the hotel uh, from Fenway Park, and it's it's been a joyous and wonderful thing. And, and I attribute I attribute it, frankly. Uh, the fact that I haven't gotten mugged to um, the, the fact that I'm walking with the spring in my step because I'm listening to you guys tell stories. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I, I, I'm curious. When you were writing, what was your feeling on the auxiliary press box? We were so far out, in, and it was always called the aux. Yep. And I used to say, why am I in the Auks? And then I looked around, and Jim Murray was in the Auks with me, and Red Smith was in the Auks with me. And I figured, well, if these guys are in the Auks, I can be in the Auks. The Fenway Auks. Can, can, can I tell you something? Yeah. That makes me feel so good, because early in my career, um, I'm not going to name the person, because that would be rude and petty. But he knows exactly who I he would is. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you definitely would do it, and that's why you're—that's yeah. why you're fantastic, and I'm a wuss. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, early, early in my career, um, I my uh, the thing by which I have always abided is the person who's writing the game story gets the seat in the main press box. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And everybody else does not. And, and including have, the columnist, including the columnist goes to the Auks. That's the way it works. Yep. All right. I, I, you know, there's a reason why people love you, and and they don't know it, but your answer to this question actually is that reason, because because even though you were a king very early on in your career and everyone knew it. 
you were a humble king and you didn't steal the main box seat. And I ended up in the aux box on the night of game three. And in the aux box in Fenway Park is in right field. Yeah. So I had a perfect view of Kyle Schwarber's Grand Slam. I mean, it landed, you know, it landed, it looked like 10, 15 rows back in right field. And after he hit that, which came the game after the Red Sox had back-to-back Grand Slams and, and two consecutive games went up 9 nothing. It's like, okay, well, this one's over. This one's cooked. And to see Houston weather that for two straight games and then do its own version of that in the ninth inning of all time yeah, and, and just pour it on like that, um, listen, we are always going to look back at 2017 and the Astros are always going to be known and rightfully so as cheaters, but that is not make resiliency that they have in 2021 mutually exclusive. Like these two things can be true at the same time. And the way that that team hung in there last night really, really impressed me. I'm glad to hear that. I'll tell one little quick um, Oxbox story. In the 1986 World Series between the Red Sox and the Mets, uh, at Shea, the Oxbox is so far away that you are in fair territory. And it was, I don't know, it was in the 30s. It's so cold. If Boston makes the World Series, it's going to be so cold in Boston during the World Series. It was so cold in the in the game. I thought Shirley Povich was going to die of frostbite. <laughs> I'm out there in the Orcs, and I'm thinking, wow, what do I do if Shirley dies? What do I do? So, anyway. Yes, but you got to be in the Orcs. Um, I, I, okay. I, well, well, my I, the, the, re, the reason... We're, we're 17 years later now that, that I, have, um, I have such strong feelings about this. Was this, this was uh, back in 2004, and I, I had just turned 24 years old. It was my first year writing about baseball. And the Red Sox are about to, to like, win the damn world, like, uh, like, they're about to win the World Series. And For the first time, yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm really panicking because it's like, oh my God, a lot of people are going to read this game story. I want it to be good. What do I do? And, and if you've ever been to Fenway Park, Tony, you know, the, you know, it, it's, it's charming and it's historic and, and it's, it's a billion great. years old. It's a dump. It, Except, oh, stop! It's fine. <laughs> God, hmm. had to cur- curmudgeon that one. Um, That's what I do. It, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being maybe I'm being too romantic about this, but uh, I, you know, I felt pressure to do really well on that story, and I'm sitting out there, and and my fingers are so cold I can't type, and and then. I'm trying to get to the to the clubhouses, and and the worst part about Fenway by far is after the game, the thing turns into a sardine can, and everyone is packed in, and these concourses, you know, they don't move at all, and and it just feels like a disaster. And 
it, it was the, the most unfortunate time to try and turn around a story on a tight deadline. But you know what? Figure it out. And uh, th- then, uh, God, the, the anecdote that, that you were telling on the podcast about stay out of the columnist's way. Um, what happens when the columnist changes the story idea and wants your lead? Well, I, I, boy, I, I've not been faced with that. I do know some people I used to work not with at my papers, but at other papers. I know that they used to do things like that. Yeah, that's sucks. usually that's you. usually yeah, that's usually a situation <laughs> where you just you basically say, "Look, I'm in, right? I'm already in." So I mean, you can, we'll, we'll both do the same thing, but you can't. You know, I'm not going to back when away now because when, I'm under a you're, deadline. When you're so. when you're 24 years old, do you say that? Maybe maybe I'm just a maybe I'm I don't just know. a wuss. I don't um, know. I don't know. I mean, it depends it, 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 because you will see your career flashing before your eyes if you antagonize someone who is a star at a particular paper, and that person then has it in for you. That's not a good circumstance. I was lucky. I well, never was faced. I was never faced with that situation. Well, I never it taught was. me I can write the most important lead of my career in four minutes with my editor breathing yeah. down my neck. Oh, you saying, can do it. Get this you can do it. In. You can talk it. You can talk it out in your own mind, and you can actually do it. You can do it. Um, this is a pleasure. I, I didn't do much baseball here. Don't let me get back to just baseball for a second. Uh, and, and also to say about Fenway, it's a great place to be. It's a tough place to work. Yeah. That's how. That's yeah. what I would say. There we go. There um, we go. I think. I think the Astros and the Red Sox are up in the air because neither team has great pitching, and both teams yep. can hit. I'm not sure I believe that about the Dodgers. I don't know who they're going to start in four and five. I know they want to get to seven. I don't six and seven. I don't know if they can. And in six, uh, Warrior God Max Scherzer has a dead arm, so I don't know what that's going to be. They still look to be in a precarious situation. They may have only saved themselves briefly. How do you feel about that? They're in a precarious situation, but they also have the uh, the great differentiator, which is. They're more talented than Atlanta. They are. They are. Up and, and down. And they are. They're, and, they're, and they're deeper than Atlanta. And if they stop being so damn cute with their pitching, maybe they can actually win one of these games. And, and to me, there's a very interesting thing going on in baseball right now. And I, I am genuinely curious how you feel about this because I'm trying to, to work this story out in my head and, and how I'm going to write it. It feels like the games in the playoffs have been very interesting and absolutely interminable at the same time. Yeah, these, are two things, these are two things that, that run in conflict with each other because I sit here as, as a, a you know baseball fan non-parel, and uh, I love so many things about the game, but I'm, I'm also someone who recognizes that four-plus-hour games – just are are not the way to sell this product to fans, and, and I I hate calling it a product. By the way, it sounds so corporatized, but it's the reality. Uh, how many other things in sports demand four and a half hours of your time, going past midnight quite often and into the next day? It, it, that's just not the case. And the fact that the Dodgers have used, I believe, eight. You know, I'm not covering that series, but I believe the numbers are eight seven and nine pitchers yeah. in the first three games of this series tells me that, that baseball has shifted 
and has shifted so far in a particular direction where when you have a team that's got Max Scherzer, that's got Walker Bueller, and that's got Julio Arias, um, uh, in, in Scherzer, a top five pitcher in baseball, and Bueller, arguably a top five pitcher, but, uh, but also someone who's been incredible in the playoffs in the past, and Arias, who won 20 games. When you've got those three starting pitchers, and you wind up using your bullpen as much as you do, there's an odd imbalance in place there. And one that I think a lot of people, even diehard fans of the sport, might not be ready to embrace quite yet. And at very high levels of the sport, Tony, there are people who are concerned about this very thing, uh, about the fact that we have these close games, these walk-off games, these games that historically and theoretically should be really, really interesting, but are plagued by this different version of baseball that we're seeing where where they wonder, um, have we gone too far with, I'm not going to call it the sabermetric element of the game, even though that's the root of all of this, but have the individual decisions that we now know optimize winning made baseball as a greater good, baseball as a whole, a worse thing? Hmm. As the great um, baseball fan Willie Shakespeare once said, it's too clever by half. And that's yeah. what that's, I think that's what we see is that everybody wants to make this decision that, that, gets put it on on a tablet somewhere that they did it look who i brought in in the third inning but you took out somebody who gives you seven you're an idiot so i agree with that i don't they don't make alex alex cora last night uh a guy who who has pushed all the right buttons who strategically might be the best manager in baseball um even he after after the game last night admitted uh bringing in nate evaldi and his game two starting pitcher in the ninth inning was a mistake. And, you know, we've seen this with Julio Arias in that series. Game two ends up uh, giving up, uh, you know, the the runs that ultimately lead to another walk-off for Atlanta uh, in the Dodgers-Brave series. And it's just like our I, – I, one thing I try not to do is to say that just because I've seen this lately – uh, there, that recency bias is going to tell me it's a bad thing. Just because it's a small sample um, doesn't mean that we can extrapolate this out and call this a problem. Um, but damn, when you have those two things conspiring, it, it's very hard to ignore. I agree. I do. Thank you, Jeff. I, I, I cannot say anything better than that. The games t- You cannot start a baseball game 40 minutes before a football game and end 40 minutes after the football. It's just, and I love it, but you won't make any new fans this way. You won't. Thank yep. you, Jeff. We'll talk soon. Jeff Passon. Thank you, Tony. Wonderful to talk to. Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful to talk to. By the way, the podcast he's referring to is not mine. It's Pablo's, um, the ESPN Daily, I think it's called. And he did a whole bunch of stuff with me and Wilbon uh, about, you know, PTI lasting far longer than it should. <laughs> um, we will take a break. Booger McFarland joins us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo survey. Before we get to it, we got this um, email from Art 
and Robin Irving in Urbana, Maryland. Urbana is right, isn't that the town, Urbana, where the Ernie Els course is? I believe so. Yeah, isn't that the town? It says, Googling. Dear Tony, um, tonight my wife Robin and I enjoyed our first campfire using our brand new solo stove. Camping for us means sitting outside in our own backyard, but that's okay. We're old. Not quite as old as you, but still old. <laughs> Many thanks to you, Michael and Nigel, for introducing us to this wonderful product. Solo Stove provides the perfect accompaniment for enjoying a brisk fall evening. And before you ask, yes, we did use the code when we ordered our Solo Stove. So thank you for the savings, too. I, I don't really think I have to read the copy at this point. I mean, that is an endorsement <laughs> right. by a couple in Urbana, Maryland, who would do exactly what I would do. Put the thing in the backyard and sit by it. You know, um, enjoy the warm ambiance, the mesmerizing flames, and all the opportunities to create more good moments and lasting memories. Now, do they get the spark guard as well? I don't know that. You'll have to check that out I'll ask them. I'll ask the Irvings. (laughs) Make the time with your friends and family richer with a solo stove fire pit. Get the perfect fire pit for those fall nights and make your backyard a destination with a spectacular fire pit from Solo Stove. Shop the fall event now. Get an extra $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK at checkout. They're so confident you'll love it, they offer a lifetime warranty and a 30-day free return policy. Just go to solostove.com, and remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK. I just can't do it better than to read an email from somebody who listens to the show and consequently bought the Solo Stove. The people at Solo Stove should be ecstatic with this. (laughs) And use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is called To You. This is by Jessica Mitchell, sent in by her dad, Michael. Tremendous talent. (laughs) She really is. A check-in from Canadian Roots singer-songwriter Jessica Mitchell, not to sugarcoat it. COVID resulted in a canceled tour, four canceled festivals, and a travel ban. Easily decimated the momentum of her career, saved only by Celine Dion's recording of her song, The Chase. Plenty of other artists in the same boat over the last 18 months, to be clear. She's getting back at it. A couple of live shows finally scheduled. Her ability to play live anytime, anything, anywhere will keep her moving forward. <laughs> such talent. Yeah, just keep such talent. Just keep going, Jessica. Jessica Mitchell. Wow. Move forward. She plays in Booger McFarlane, who I enjoy talking to tremendously. And I'm going to start with a, a sort of a pet peeve of mine. And th- this happens. I-, I make the mistake of watching ESPN too much. I watch too many ESPN shows, and so I hear too many ESPN people. And for a while there, all that anybody talked about, for years actually, was will Dak Prescott get money? This is all every day, hours and hours and hours, to the point where Wilbon and I said we are not ever (laughs) mentioning Dak Prescott or the Cowboys. Wilbon hates the Cowboys and believes they're tremendously overrated, I believe, because he watches too much ESPN. This year... It was about the Cleveland Browns. And so my appeal to Booger McFarland is, can we please stop talking about the Cleveland Browns as Super Bowl contenders? Are we, are we past that yet? Are we done with that, Booger? Um, yeah, you know, Tony, it seems like that right now, just because things are not going uh, the way we all figured that they would go. Quarterback is not playing well. His, his labor is torn in his left shoulder. You got yep. both rece- uh, receivers hurt. You got both running backs hurt. You got both tackles hurt. And so all is kind of falling there in Cleveland. And the defense is not playing well. But here's what I'll say. I think when you look at football, especially a 17-game season, which we now have, you have to focus on 
can we play our best football when it matters most? And theoretically, that's not now. So if I'm a Browns fan, if I'm going to look at the glass half full, here's what I say. We're not healthy. If we can just kind of hold float until we get healthy and we can make our run in you know late November, December, we want to be hot going into the postseason. That's how I would try to spin it. But things are not well right now. And if you listed your top four or five Super Bowl contenders in the AFC, the Browns would probably not be in that group right now. This is such a good point you make. I tried to say this yesterday about the Buffalo Bills, about the decision to go on fourth and one, which I agreed with completely because of the time, because of the distance, because of where the down marker was. But I also said this is in the sixth game of the year. In the 14th game of the year, certain things crystallize, and you may not make that same decision. That's what you're saying, right? That when we get late in the season, there is a different dynamic for teams. Absolutely. And not only is the dynamic different, the goals have been reset. Because if, if the Browns were having these injuries in November, December, then obviously their season probably would not wind up the way they wanted it to, which would be a playoff run and maybe even a Super Bowl run. But the fact that these injuries and this little bit of controversy um, and, and, and these few problems are taking place right now in October, I, I think there's still time to get healthy. They play a game this Thursday night. Uh, yeah. against the Broncos, a very, very winnable game. I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to play. I doubt both running backs play. I doubt the tackles play. So everything is going against them winning this game, which means they'll probably win the game. And then they get 10 days off. I think that these are the most critical 10 days of the Cleveland Browns season because it's a chance to reset. It's a chance to get 10 days away from playing a game of football. It's a chance for your quarterback to mentally take a break. And I think you can come out of this little mini-bye, which is what we call it when you play a Thursday night game and you don't yeah. play till the following Sunday, the mini-bye. Now it's a chance for you to kind of regroup. So the Browns desperately need that. Let me go back to the Bills' decision only in this regard. I think we're seeing this more and more and more going forward on fourth and one. The guy in San Diego or wherever they play, the Chargers, he goes for it all the time. That, he just loves going for it. Are we seeing, is that analytics? Is it a change in coaching? Is there something that I should be paying attention to here that people go on fourth down more than they used to? Yeah, especially these new age coaches. So if you remember, Doug Peterson started it in Philadelphia. Now you yeah. have Brandon Staley with the Chargers. Yeah. You have Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. And they're basically playing a numbers game. And they have usually like a guy up in the press box and he's, He's crunching the numbers, and he's giving them, hey, based on game, based on situation, based on down and distance, our win probability increases 50% if we go for it here. And they're relaying this to him, him being the head coach in real time. So now he can make these decisions. And so it's leading to these, these coordinators and, and head coaches being a lot more aggressive. Now, the situation with Buffalo, where Buffalo had fourth and six inches, to me, that's yeah, not analytics. Go. Gotta that's, go. I have yeah. a... a I, yeah, I got a six foot five, two hundred forty pound quarterback who is a hoss back there, and we need yep. six inches. Now he just happened yep. to slip. Otherwise, I think he gets it. I agree with that, and I've seen a, a guy of similar size, Tom Brady, do that a hundred times, and so I, I've, right. I have no dispute with that. It's when Staley, in the in ten minutes to go in the third quarter, is going fourth <laughs> and two from his own twenty-four. You go, wow, that's that's different. This would make Wilbon scream and yell about analytics and the death of right. all mankind. But but it does seem it does seem booger that people are getting more aggressive on that fourth down play. And, Tony, to your point, they are. But here's what I would say. All these coaches have to remember this, and, and, and this will make so much sense when I say it. 
some of these guys are coaching football like it's a science. Like they can put in numbers and it's going gonna, it's gonna to shoot out this answer and this is what we're going to win with. They got to remember, football is not a science. It's an art. You got to be able to look into your player's eyes. You got to be able to know down and distance and situation. You got to be able to look at your quarterback and know if he's feeling good at the moment. Look at your offensive line. Are, are, are they feeling confident? Look at the body language. Look at the swagger. This defense you're going against, has this defense been on the field eight or nine or ten plays already? Then make the judgment because football is not a science. It's an art. And sometimes these coaches want to approach it, especially these new age guys, which we are praising, like Stefanski, yeah. like Brandon Staley. They're coaching almost like this is the Pythagorean theorem, and they're just plugging numbers in. Well, football's not that way like to hear that by the way are there conclusions we're a little bit more than a quarter of the way done with the season you know maybe a third done with the season there are three teams that are find i find very interesting one is baltimore because they run the ball a lot one is the Chargers, and i know the Chargers recently lost but they've got a young stud quarterback and the other one is the cardinals who have not yet lost and really showed well last week as as well it's hard for me to believe they're this good, but do you have any conclusions about those three teams, Baltimore, the Chargers, and the Cardinals? Yeah, I think that the Chargers have the best quarterback, uh, although he didn't play well against Baltimore. Did not. I think out of, the, out, of, out of those three teams, Baltimore has the best team, even though they have the most guys in the NFL on injury reserve. It's amazing the job that Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh have done and it's simply because, Tony, they know who they are. They have an identity. They have a culture that they've built. They understand how to win. Uh, that defense led by Wink Martindale is playing outstanding. And Lamar Jackson is playing MVP football. And you have to give him credit. He's yep. improved as a passer. Now, the wild card amongst that group is the Arizona Cardinals because we, we see it, but we don't believe it because we've been conditioned to think that Cliff Kingsbury and his air raid offense can't get it done. Well, Tony, i got to tell you, they're playing well. They're more physical. They are defending. J.J. Watts made a difference. I know the statistics don't say so, but he's making a difference. And Kyler Murray is playing at a high level. So I think all three of those teams are real. I do think that Baltimore is the best team of that bunch because their defense is the best. But I think all three of those are going to be playoff teams. It kills me because Wilbon is so happy about another Arizona team. If Wilbon bought a house in California, there'd be so many more teams I'd have to hate. Um, I'll get to the obligatory ESPN question. Are the Cowboys actually good, or are they just beating bad teams? Are they actually good? Yes, the Cowboys are good, and it, it has nothing to do with the offense. Uh, last year, Tony, before that, Prescott got hurt. They were averaging 33 points a game. This year, they're averaging 34 points a game. So the offense has been dynamic as long as Dak has been in there. Now, what's different is the defense, because the defense has improved. They're allowing six fewer points per game, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it goes a long way when the difference between winning and losing in the NFL is very, very minute. You've got to give Dan Quinn, the coordinator, a lot of credit. Trayvon Diggs is playing at a Deion Sanders-type level. No, he's not Deion, but he's playing with that type of confidence, which I think is kind of being permeated through that defense. And, Tony, defense is not necessarily about talent. Although talent matters, it's about hustle, it's about effort, it's about energy, it's about a cohesive unit that if one guy misses a tackle, here comes three or four more. And the Cowboys are playing that way, and you've got to give Dan Quinn a lot of credit because they didn't do that last year. Now, let me get to college. Let me get to your alma mater, LSU. 
By the way, it, it, as soon as you go to LSU and you play a while in the pros, you then get a job at ESPN. Okay, it's Spears, it's Clark, it's Booger. They've all got jobs. Your thoughts on Ed Orgeron getting the boot? He less than two calendar years ago, he won the national championship. LSU, that whole conference does this, but I guess LSU and Auburn do it quicker than everybody else. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm forever. Um grateful for Coach O. Uh, and I think LSU and the people in Louisiana should be in, in, indebted to him based on him bringing a, a national championship to Louisiana. Uh, and you got to give him a lot of credit for that because he went out and he got Joe Burrow. He hired Joe yeah. Brady. He hired Dave Miranda. you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Now, as much credit as you can give him, you also have to give him blame because when he got to the top of the mountain, he did not handle success well. He just right. didn't. Uh, I, I think if you go back and look, and I don't want to go back and list every every situation or incident that happened from the moment he won a national championship until now, he's made so many missteps along with the fact that LSU is only nine and eight, which will not suffice. And so success oftentimes reveals who you are. Um, you know, just like uh, rough situations, just they don't necessarily show your character, it just kind of brings out. And I, and I think Coach O, um, his ego and his bravado, the same ego and bravado that makes him the type of coach that says LSU will play any, anybody, anywhere, anytime, is the same type of ego and bravado that led him down this road where ultimately it cost him his job just because sometimes you have to be able to humble yourself to say, you know what, I screwed up, I got to change, I got to do something different. And by the time he got to that point, I think it, it, it's been too late, and I think the AD Scott Woodard uh, decided that, it's time to go a different direction. And on top of all that, Tony, you know as well as I know. It's no different than this. If a company hires a new president, that president is going to want to hire his That's own That's exactly people. right. That's exactly okay? right. LSU yeah. has a new athletic director, and ultimately he wants to hire the one person he's going to be judged by, which is the head football coach. And our new AD did not hire uh, Ed Ogeron. So ultimately, whether it were sooner or later, he was going to want to hire his own football coach. It just happened to be sooner. He also hired Jimbo Fisher to Texas A&M, which is why Correct. Jimbo Fisher said, I'm going to play out my contract. And if you believe that, you're an idiot, because if you get a better deal, you're going to take a better deal. It, it is an amazing conference, though. It's the best football conference in America. Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, they, they can coaches. They churn them up. I said yesterday on television, they'll sell your house while you're in it if they want to get rid of you. <laughs> and and the, the last question I have for you is that, it to me, it makes the success and longevity of Nick Saban even more amazing because everybody else is firing people, and this guy continues to win in an unbelievably competitive conference, right? Yes, but let's also remember, Tony, that see, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when, when Alabama uh, in Nick Saban's first year lost to Louisiana Monroe, and I believe they were 7-5. and five. I'm old enough to remember when Alabama hired Mike Price, I believe, and he's yes. done in down in Texas, San Antonio at the strip club with, with a credit card. I'm old enough to remember Mike DuBose. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. So, like, yeah. we look at Alabama as if they've been the gold standard for 25 years, and that's not the case. I say all that to say this. College football is a, a sport that goes in cycles. Remember when Florida State was in the top five for a decade? Yes. That, that seems like eons ago. And so what, what you have happening now, especially in the SEC, which is the most powerful competitive conference conference in the country you have schools that are saying when can i get my chance when can i get my run it's going to go in cycles so when is it my turn and lsu every coach in the 
every coach in the last 20 years at LSU has won a national championship. Les Miles, excuse me, Nick Saban, Les Miles, and Ed O'Geron. That's right. It's one That's of the right. pre- premier jobs in the country. So how do you how do you continue with the next cycle? If you're Auburn, okay, Auburn, Gus won a lot of games. Georgia, remember when Mark Rick was winning 10 games a year? That wasn't good mm-hmm. enough. They hired Kirby Smart. So, yes, it's about winning. It's about the money. It's about putting yourself in position where you can be the next Alabama, that you can go on a decade of dominance, where you can be the next Florida State, where you can go on a decade of dominance, where you can be the next Clemson. Because everybody wants to get their chance at, at, at the run, so to speak, where you can go – on a sustained eight to ten year winning period where your school is going to make more money, the enrollment is going to go up, everything about your university is going to multiply from a dollars and cents standpoint. So that's the reason why these schools continue. And they realize that football is, is really the catalyst to all of that. And so that they will continue to change these coaches as much as they can because when they hit, go back and look at the enrollment at Alabama. Look at the out-of-state uh, fees to go to school at Alabama. Not, not for an athlete, but just for a regular student. They, the football team has made the University of Alabama more money than they, than they could ever pay Nick Saban. So, yes, you're going to chase success because of what it will mean to your institution. What a pleasure. Thank you, Booger. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it very much. Anytime. Talk next week, Tony. He's really good. He's really good. We'll take a break. Chuck Todd That's going right. to pick some games when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's the Indochino ad. I, I don't even go ahead, Nigel. I, there's no point. There's no point in me doing it till the end after you talk about your experience. Right, because I have not one, not two, but three Indochino suits. That's how much I love them. That's how great they are. That's how well they fit me. It's personally tailored to my little dimensions. And I did that with a rope and a yardstick. You can go to a tailor. There's a lot of places you can do that. Um, and then you can customize the suit any way you like. Yeah, the tie dye liner for you. <laughs> no, I've got the Union Jack. Mm. Got the Union Jack. Got to be you know. And you love them. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get a fourth. It makes me, and you've seen me out. We talked about this the other day. Yeah, it makes me feel great when I wear this suit. So I love every opportunity I can to put it on, and it's very affordable. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, the lapel, the monogram, the statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part is that Indochino suits start at just $399, and all these customizations are included. Indochino is now open. I alluded to this. You can go there and get measured. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great-fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. And right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Promo code TONYK. They ask us to personalize these reads. It's easy to do when someone here buys the product. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is called Walked Away. This is Jessica Mitchell again. We think Jessica Mitchell is so totally studly. Yes. We think she's great. She really is. This is sent by her father, Michael Mitchell, and we think she is tremendous. If people like Jessica Mitchell, Michael, want to send us their original music, 
which is great. How do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornersofshow.com. But send more of this. Yeah. And do <laughs> yeah. we have Johnny O codes? Yes, we still have the promo code TK Apple. Yeah. Johnny O, I mean, I don't usually it's say jacket this. season. Yeah, I'm wearing my jacket all the time now. Johnny O makes flannel. wonderful clothing and outfits Bootsy and the Hammer. They are the official <laughs> outfitters of Bootsy and the Big Hammer. Big day today. It's picture day at the preschool. Ooh. And they're all dressed up in Johnny O. They are all dressed up. Neither boy will smile. TK Apple. All right. Chuck Todd joins us now. Chuck had a good week. Chuck was 5-2. and two. He's still below 500 at 18, 23, and 1. But he was 5-2, and two, and that is a very good week. You want to take a bow? You can take a bow for that. Yeah, it's still a losing record. But I'll, uh, I, it, considering uh, I was listening to the podcast on Monday, uh, which, Michael, by the way, your, your father apparently has confessed that he just walks around without pants now. No, I said it's the first time I walked outdoors. First time I walked outdoors in pants. I used to have shorts. Yeah. Okay. That, that, shorts. Yeah, that's what you say. I'm just saying when you when you're on an airplane and you're listening to podcasts and you got one ear, maybe you're dozing up, and suddenly you hear, "Yeah, I haven't been wearing pants for months." <laughs> well. it, it, it can be a little jarring. Yeah, we need to get back to a studio. All right, here we go. Five yeah. wide. Let's do. There are there are a bunch of lines that really confuse me. There, and the yeah. first one is one of them. Denver, a bad team, is getting three and a half at Cleveland. Denver getting three and a half. To me, Denver, I, look, I know Cleveland had a very disappointing game on Sunday, but that looks like a bounce back circumstance if ever there was one, unless everybody's hurt, unless Mayfield can't go. But I would think Denver would be getting more than three and a half. I, I, yeah. Me personally, I would like Cleveland there, but what do you got? Well, it's Thursday night, though, too, right? So it's short week. Oh, okay. Turn, you know, yeah. quick turnaround. Yeah. I think that, that had something to do with it. And you don't know. Who is the Cleveland backup? Forgive me. Don't know. Baker it's Brian go. Sipe, I think. It's not Brian Sipe. Brian Sipe. No. I would feel a lot better. I heard a, uh, somebody did one of those. Somebody did one of those blind cops, and somebody read Baker Mayfield's first fifty-two games in the stats, and somebody read Mitch Trubisky's first fifty-two games, and apparently they're remarkably identical. Ooh. And, you know, there's a part of Baker Mayfield where you, you know, he's not as good as. He thinks he is, and everybody else thinks he is. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm. This is for me more of a bet against. I, I'm the Broncos laid a real egg. Uh, maybe they're not yes. a good team. So yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm with you in in what you think here, and um, I, I'll, I think Cleveland finds a way. So I'd rather yeah. be on their side. I mean, the Broncos started three and zero, and now they're three and three. They come crashing back to earth, as did Carolina. Though Carolina at least made their well, game look close. Their three wins too. Their three wins, I think, are like the Jets. Uh, yeah, it's nobody. Know, some other bad team. Yeah, they, they yeah. beat a bunch of nobody. Cincinnati is at Baltimore. Cincinnati is way under the radar. Joe Burrow is going to be a great player in the National Football League. Baltimore has won two games in a very wonderful manner, at least the last two, were big deal wins against big deal teams. I think there's a letdown coming. I don't know if six is enough, but I think there's a letdown coming. How about you? Yeah, I do too. I just, you know, that's just one of those where I would I'm probably stay away from this game because yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust Cincinnati and I'm with you. It feels like, can Baltimore do this every week without having some, you know, some letdown. Um, by the way, this this is a battle for first place in this division. 
Really? Cincinnati's, I guess, I think if Cincinnati four and wins, two? Four and two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. And Yeah, I know. They're wow. They're a really bad four and two team. Yeah, they don't yes. feel like a four and two team. No. Um, which is why I can't be on their side. I'll be on Baltimore's side because you know that they they can cover that spread if they're focused. I agree. Uh, I, but I'm I'm with you. I'm a I'm I'm a little worried, but I'd stay away. Okay. This is the one where you just shake your head. Tennessee just had a very impressive performance. Derrick Henry cannot be stopped by anybody. They beat a good team. Yes, it was very close, and yes, they could have lost, and maybe they should have lost, but they ended up winning that game. Kansas City is very good and righted itself to a degree against the Washington football team. Kansas City getting five and a half at Tennessee is like, really? That seems like an awful lot unless there's something I don't know. Who do you like in this? Right. I don't know. Are we missing this? Patrick Mahomes is still the quarterback? Yeah, I think so. Getting five and a half? Yeah, I mean, look, you're never, I don't think you're ever going to lose money long term just blindly taking Patrick Mahomes when he gets points. So, you know, that's that's an immediate there, but this is one of those lines that would scare me from betting because you're like, well, this. Yes, what's happening here? Something that you don't know. Exactly. But yeah. I think logically, I'm just going to be in. I'm, I'm with Mahomes getting points. I, don't, I, I imagine that's a statistic. I don't know it. I imagine that's a statistic. That's something like you know, Patrick Mahomes rarely loses when he's getting points. Type of thing. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Philadelphia is at Las Vegas. We took the Vegas game off the board for you last week, but now we have oh, a. What is it? Uh, you said Kansas City getting five and a half. Oh, I, I'm giving five and a half. Yes. I'm sorry, I giving just, five and a half. I want to make sure. Oh, my fault, my fault. You still take Kansas, right. you don't take Kansas City. I'm sorry. Kansas, yes, that's why that's the line was amazing. Kansas City was giving say, five yeah. and a half as a road favorite. Yes. Yeah. Giving five yeah. and a half I, against I, a good team. Go ahead. I think we need to, to reset back? the board to zero. We have to reset the board to zero, and it's not even. Yeah, it's uh, my fault. My yeah. fault, my fault. I'll still stick with Mahomes because it's five and a half and not six. Uh, okay, but uh, my fault. Yeah, it it obviously makes more sense. And the one thing this game could be uh, a very high scoring game because I don't think Kansas City's defense can stop anybody. No, they can't Henry, stop Derrick Henry. He, 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 yeah, yeah, but 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 they won't stop Mahomes. So that should be a nice high scoring game. Hint: the over. Okay, the over. Philadelphia yeah. plus three at Las Vegas. I started to say we took Vegas off the board for you last week because we had no sense of what would happen without John Gruden. They played well. They won a game, and it was on the road, and it was divisional. They beat Denver, I believe, and, and they played well. So now we have a baseline for what Las Vegas is, we think. Philadelphia is not a good team. It's not. Um, if you looked at the NFC East last week, all three teams other than Dallas lost their games. Philadelphia is getting three at Las Vegas. Who do you like? Yeah, I. This is one where I'm still not sure of the Raiders. Right? It was last week. I agree. Just a I agree. rally around the flag game or not? Um, I'm with you. I'll be on the side of the Raiders because you know, Jalen Hurts. He, by the way, a very good sneaky fantasy quarterback because he runs. Sure, because so he gets all the yards. He gets everything. Yeah, he gets yeah. all the yards. But um, he's not a good passer. Nope. I mean, he's just not. He's not that good of a passer. Uh, Give me the Raiders. They win. They win this one, though. And there's going to be a lot of people going. Well, maybe uh, maybe Gruden was holding them back. 
Wasn't yes. didn't Derek Carr and John Gruden not get along for the first two years? That may be the case, but when Gruden left, yeah. Carr was very public about how much he loved him. So I don't know. But who's the he's new guy? Rich Schiaba? Big leader. Schiaba? Big leader. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't know. I'd never heard of him. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I'm, I think uh, it was a real leadership moment for Carr. I mean, that was a big moment for him. It was. All right, here's a huge spread. Chicago, a team that is not very good. Wilbon hates them. He's forced almost to root against <laughs> Justin Fields because right he doesn't Nagy. want Nagy to keep his job. It's a weird dichotomy for Wilbon. Chicago gets 12 and a half. I thought you loved a negative root. He's a negative man. He just likes to negatively root. Doesn't yeah. 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 Chicago is getting 12 and a half at Tampa Bay. 12 and a half is a lot. That's really a lot. But it's at Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay's well rested. Who you got? I Chicago's got a good defense. Tampa's not uh, a team that that seems to cover big spreads all the time. Um, I, I uh, give me Chicago here. That's a lot of points. That's a think about it. it. Is. They're up. They're up thirty eight twenty one, and then there's a junk touchdown, right? And suddenly. Uh, and suddenly um, the spread is covered or something like that. So That's exactly uh, what happened last week to Carville in the Georgia game. The Georgia's up 26, and, the la- and then the other team drives and drives and drives and drives, and they're just eating up the clock, and it doesn't really matter to Georgia. And on the last play of the game, they score, and they cover. And that was a really bad beat if you had Georgia. Yeah. So you'll take Chicago. Yeah, I'll take Chicago uh, on all those points, definitely. New Orleans, which is not a good team. Not a good team. We don't know about Jameis Winston. New Orleans is giving five on the road at Seattle. I understand Seattle does not have Russell Wilson, and they do have Geno Smith, who I didn't know was in the league. I did not know he was still in the league. But New Orleans giving five on the road in Seattle strikes me as a lot. How about you? I, I agree. And, and Seattle played pretty well for a team. Like, I think we were trying to figure out, was Seattle going to just collapse without Russell Wilson and they didn't uh, at home in prime time getting points. I I, uh, I like Seattle here, but also because I'm with you, I don't I don't think you could trust Jameis Winston to cover that kind of that kind of number. It's a it's a yeah. big number on the road for Jameis, Mister Interception, Winston. To, it's not only to, a big uh, number on the road. I've been to every stadium in the league, and in terms of outdoor stadiums, that's the loudest. Yeah. Seattle is the loudest. So yeah. I would take Seattle in that. Here's our last game. Uh, The Washington football team is getting nine and a half. That's a lot. It's at Green Bay. They're getting nine and a half. I would just say this from my own personal experience. Aaron Rodgers does not care about games out of division very much. I know. And if if he's happy to win by two points, Aaron Rodgers happy to win by two points. This is not like beating Chicago. (laughs) It's not. Not for Aaron Rodgers. I've watched him for a lot of years. I don't ever want to take the Washington football team, but I, Chuck, would be tempted in this one. I would be. Well, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, this is, it's sort of like that, uh, that other line. It's like, if the Packers want to win this game by three scores, they can. Yes. But will they? Um, but I have to tell you, I, the football team seems to be on the verge of this thing they, you know, where suddenly you're wondering, how many games, are they going to win more than five or six games? Um, this defense is not playing very well. It's terrible. Real disappointing. I, I think Mr. Heineke is, you know, I think it's a, it was a nice little. 
Yeah, it's a, a moment. Nice little run in the playoffs. Yeah, it's yeah. a moment. He'll be, you know, sort of like Colt McCoy in a preseason game. Um, mm. So put me on the side of the Packers simply because I, I don't know how they score. You know, they don't seem to be they don't seem to be a, a consistent offense. So, and the Packers defense is starting to play a little bit better. I give you all of that. I just I think that Aaron Rodgers is not a guy who cares about the margin. He's just you know I can I win? I know. You're can I wrong. win? Get out of here. And in yeah. these games, like you know, like Cincinnati, this is a game the Packers are both fourteen to three, and then suddenly it's the fourth quarter, and you're like, why is that game twenty four seventeen? You know? Yes. How did that yes. happen? I know. Yeah. I know. That's okay. him. Thank you, Chuck. Good luck this week, Thank you guys. Chuck Todd, boys and Thank girls. You, sir. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, considering he's the host of Meet the Press and he's betting football games against the number, that would certainly be enough for anybody's entertainment. But we give you more. We give you a monkey. Sing along, everybody. And he, just come in at any time. It doesn't matter. Nigel's going to the zoo. Zoo, zoo, Reginald's got the bikes. Bye, Sometimes he's too much Johnny Walker Blue. So Reginald's not doing well this year. No, he's not. Reginald is one and two, and he's six and one and two last week, and six and eleven overall. He's just not doing that well. Yes. Did you see him? I did go down to see him. By the way, I would like to point out six wins as a monkey. Well, yes. I mean, but I would say six and eleven is about what you'd expect from a monkey. <laughs> and he was right. worried about the big cats when they were in quarantine. You know, so. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a lot of drama going on down at the National Zoo. I did go down to the National Zoo, Mr. Tony. He was there. Was very busy. Carving pumpkins. Oh, good for him. Getting the, the Halloween decorations. He had two pumpkins he had finished. One, a stunning likeness, you won't be surprised, of Bud Grant. And another one of William Howard Taft. So <laughs> William Howard Taft. Yeah, wasn't quite yeah. expecting that one. Uh, and apparently he's also got into a fight with the baboons next door who are already setting up Christmas decorations. You can't do it's that. too early. You cannot jump the gun like that. Right. So we're on the side. That's of why they're baboons, <laughs> by the way. Exactly. Cannot trust baboons. So the first match we gave him was Denver at Cleveland getting three and a half. And this is a lovely photograph he showed me skiing in Aspen with Carl Mecklenburg, Dan Reeves, and Terrell Davis. Clearly, that indicates that he likes Denver. He does like Denver. Yes. Didn't realize he was also a big skier, so he will take the Broncos in that. Now, the next one we gave him was Cincinnati getting six at Baltimore. And this was another lovely photograph of him windsurfing in the Bahamas. I think it was Nassau. I'm not sure exactly. But he's with Boomer and Chris Collinsworth, and Johnny Bench. All key figures in the city of Cincinnati. Absolutely. Yeah, the Queen's. Absolutely. Called the Queen City, isn't Queen it? Queen City, Cincinnati. Yes. I, I, again, I think that Joe Burrow is going to be great. I think he is, I think too. he's going to be great. And the kid, who's his receiver, Chase? Jamar Chase. Yeah. From he's, LSU. He's, Everybody said, don't draft him. That's too high. Get offensive line help. Well, Jamar Chase is going to be rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. Um, the last match we gave him was uh, the Washington football team getting nine and a half at Green Bay. Despite your warnings, despite Chuck Todd's warnings, he showed me, uh, this is a newspaper clipping, of him at a hair salon with Mark Mosley, Joe Jacoby, and Clint Didier. Not sure what the circumstances were, but they all look fantastic. He's there. taking three road teams. Yes. He's going for the road parlay. Yes. Did you, did you tell him these are all road teams? I Reginald? did. I did. He did not seem to care. I think he's preoccupied with the baboon situation. Okay. All right. That's good. All right. That's great. Um, we will come back with email and jingle if I have the show order right. Yes. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
This is the policy genius ad. What's scarier than getting a box of raisins while trick-or-treating? Hold on a second. I like raisins. It's a very reasonable I even like Halloween, the golden uh, raisins, but yeah. I like the regular raisins. But Why is that scarier? Well, it's a Halloween trick. What's though? scarier than that? Paying too much for your home and auto insurance. Parent approved. Yeah, but policy genius can help you avoid that. Protect your property from mischief this spooky season with the right home and auto coverage. Does your home and auto insurance have you saying, oh, my gourd. <laughs> Uh, see that? I'm spending too much? <laughs> Let Policy Genius look for lower rates for similar coverage. Put down your pumpkin spice latte, which I hate, and log on to policygenius.com to check if you can get a better price on your home and auto insurance. It's free, and you could save money to spend on more lattes. I give them credit at Policy Genius. They come up with new copy all the time. Sure. It's not the same old stuff. Somebody there is trying. They're trying. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $435 per year on the auto insurance. They've saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. Just head to PolicyGenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then PolicyGenius takes it from there. They will compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they will switch you over for free. So head to PolicyGenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. David Dallabrito. Very lovely. Yes. Very lovely. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. We've got the bagels today. got the bagel sandwiches on Monday, but pop I on heard. in. Yes. Sorry you, you missed that. Nigel had yours. <laughs> we'll, we'll get more. Times two. Soon. Just go to Bethesdabagels.com for the location in the DC area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, oh, hello, Mr. Soul. I dropped by to pick up a reason for the thought that I caught that my head is in the event of the season. Why, in crowds just a trace of my face could seem so pleasing i'll cop out to the change but a stranger is putting the tease on um i don't neil young is playing i don't think it's his voice i think it's steven stills singing that for buffalo springfield Ooh, i think i think, think it's, it's neil young i think it's neil i, I was listening to this young. you know okay. i'm pretty sure it's neil okay yes not steven stills yes buffalo springfield one of the great short-term group of all absolutely time. thanks to our guest today jeff Passon, booger mcfarland chuck todd and Reginald the Monkey. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, Indochino, Solo Stove, and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From our old friend Jeff Piggott, as a fellow person of the links, I hope you take up Mike Fouts and Jolene Wojcik on their invites to play golf in Nebraska. You may not be aware the Cornhusker State is fast becoming the center of the golf universe with gems like Sand Hills and the Prairie Club already drawing rave reviews. That's true, right, Michael? Yes. You know? 
Caprock Ranch, a Gil Hans design, opened in June to rave reviews. Landman Golf Club, a creation of King Collins design, who also brought you Sweetens Cold near Chattanooga, opens next summer, as will Lost Rail Golf Club in Gretna near Omaha. All promise to be great tracks. Links to all below for your reference. I can help you and Michael get on all but one. For Sand Hills, you'll need to go to the great Jimmy Dunn. After all, I'm just a little. While my day job remains marketing consultant, eat at Wilbon. I'm now three years into my second career as a certified golf club fitter, bona fides attached, wondering if I can become the official golf club fitter of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Sure. If so, I would be happy to fit you and Michael on your way to Nebraska. I guarantee you will hit the ball better after a fitting session. Jeff Piggott, West Des Moines. Isn't that nice? That's, that's a wonderful that's really offer. Nice. Here's a great um, haiku about Carvel's cursing uh, from Shad. Crappy phone, the drawl, I assume every third word most likely will swear. <laughs> yeah, probably. Sure, absolutely. Carville had a bad week. He's yeah. like one and six. We won't hear from him. Not hear from, him. <laughs> no, from Michael Reagan in Melbourne, not Melbourne, Florida. Oh, the Melbourne, other one. Australia. Big one. Greetings from Australia. I was driving with my six-year-old listening to the show Killer Returns. Carville came on. My dad, my son. Dad, what did that man say? Me, I don't really know. No one does. <laughs> son, dad, why do you listen to the show then? Me, honestly, son, I have no idea. It stinks. Cut to that night. I hear him calling his three-year-old brother T-Boy Latule. Close enough. A new little is minted. Keep up the great work. From Mark Holmes in Nigeria. Long-time little, lifetime Atlanta Braves fan. For years, I wondered why I continued to pay attention to Washington Nationals rants while living here in Africa until last night when I saw Blake Trinan warming up in the bullpen for the bottom of the ninth in game one of the NLCS. Remembering your love for him put a smile on my face and gave me confidence for our eventual win. From Todd Derry in Orange Village, Ohio. This weekend, my wife and I are taking our 20-year anniversary trip that's been postponed a few times. And we ended up in the beautiful town of Hermosa Beach, California. As we checked into the room of our beachfront hotel, my wife opens the closet and said, Todd, big news. We've got ourselves a two-bathrobe situation here. I told her I've never loved her more than I do now. Ah, the connective tissue of the show. From Craig in Richmond. Big chicken, big chicken, big chicken, big chicken. The chicken Brent Musburg would be so happy to hear that. From Jeff Harris in Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon is where Dan Fouts is from. Yes. It's not where, what's the great golf course? Speaking of Bandon. Bandon is not in Bend. Is it reasonable that when you say, thanks, Jeff, say hi to Rufus for me, that I expect Rufus to bark? <laughs> is that reasonable? Yeah, sure. Uh, from Kevin Coy, Youngstown, Ohio. This is to update my earlier email that you read on the air in which I blamed you at length for the erosion of my willpower leading to my purchase of the Revolution Toaster. I concluded by opining that it could have been worse. I could have bought the X chair. Well, I bought the damned X chair. I hope you're happy. Yes. I hate myself. All about that DVL. You know, yeah. This is from Ben Snow. This is all the way back from August. I've been listening to the podcast for only a few months now, so I'm trying to catch up on all the references. But I think I might have had a David Aldridge moment and a separate side story. First, the David Aldridge moment. I have ordered three basic t-shirts and one pair of house shoes from L.L. Bean, but for some reason that justifies L.L. Bean sending me the same catalog that Michael got, the one centered around betting. Does this thin connection count as a David Aldridge moment? Oh, Do you of remember course that? it does. Okay. I apologize for wasting your time. If not, secondly, I've told the joke about the talking dog three times to other people, including on a date. Every time I've told the joke, it has failed to land as well as when it did on the pod. Don't worry, I got a second date. Thank you for your time. Hello to the crew. Just such a, <laughs> such a lovely thing. Such a lovely thing. Um, if you're, oh, 
Oh, also, um, many months ago, I talked about St. John and St. John being in Newfoundland, and it's in New Brunswick. It's in the fine province. St. John is in New Brunswick. St. John's okay. is in the fine province of Newfoundland. There you go. Reset the board, Nigel. That's from Roger yeah, Fleming. That's on me. Quispamsis, okay? His, his, his name is Roger Fleming. He's probably from Quispamsis, which is 10 miles from the port city of St. John. We get to it. Months later, we, we get do. to it. Eventually. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Why do I want to puke?
thought that I'd end up with you Even when I knew it wasn't right I always thought they were the only truth In my life Carefully I've gone through these Thinking I'd be safe to stay right here This isn't the first time I've done wrong No, and, and I pray that you will one day hear my song I wanted you to wake up and love me Oh